Okay, so today we're talking with Fred Sloan, President and Chief Executive of FCE Group in Lake Success on the topic of retirement spending. Um, Fred, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm? Our firm is a registered investment advisory firm in business since 1981, founded by David Schwartz. Um, we manage about one and a half billion of capital for our clients who tend to be high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals and some institutions. Our firm does financial planning, investment advice, and other financial services. And uh, we're founded and we operate on the principle of uh, doing objective research and doing for our clients what's in their own best interests, uh, consistent with what uh, we would do for ourselves or our own families. Great. So to kick things off, earlier this month, Barron's ran an article entitled Rethinking Retirement Rules, uh, in which they essentially reaffirmed the decades-old 4.5% rule as it relates to retirement spending. What is that rule, and how does your firm use such a rule, if at all? When planning for retirement, uh, it's very important to have a guideline of how much a client can spend per year uh, from their wealth. Um, and that guideline has to take into account a number of things. Uh, the variability of investment performance, uh, the possibility of inflation, and other personal factors. Uh, there's a 4% rule that's typically attributed to uh, a financial planner named William Bergen, which uh, over time has been a reasonable rule of thumb to say uh, how much one can spend each year with an allowance for inflation so as to leave a very low probability of running out of money over a normal retirement scenario of 30 or 35 years. So to the extent that that 4, 4.5% rule as you, as you define it appears to be below what one would expect over the long term from most asset classes. Why isn't that a no-brainer? I mean, if I'm spending 4 to 4.5%, I'm making, what, 7 to 8%, that doesn't seem to be much to it. What am I missing? Uh, you're right that uh, the expected returns from a well-diversified portfolio of equities and fixed income should be comfortably above that perhaps in the six, seven, seven and a half percent range over time. Uh, the problem is that you may have inflation uh, over the period of time of the retirement plan, and whatever amount it is that you spend has to be flexible enough to allow for inflation, because after all, that, that affects the cost of living. Um, there's also the concept of variability of returns, the performance that one earns is not earned equally each and every single year. Uh, in some years, uh, the stock market's up. In other years, the stock market's down. Bonds sometimes are down a bit. So there's a margin of safety that must be left in the plan to allow for variability of the return patterns that may occur over time. And we use modeling software that runs different combinations of returns from the different asset classes and allows for different probabilities, different sequences of returns, and the potential for bad luck as well as good luck 
in trying to give us and the client a picture of what their chances are of having a successful outcome from their plan. Okay, so what you're saying is that while you may have a long-term average to hang your head on, the market typically doesn't return the same thing year after year after year. It's Some years are up, some years are down. Exactly. Got it. And what other, what other methods does your firm use? It sounds like 4.5% retirement spending is, is not a set it and forget it mechanism. What other methods or what other forms of analysis have you done to, to vet that out and, and come up with these superior approaches? One concept we've come up with is a way of allowing for the environment that we find ourselves in at the time that the plan is set. For example, we find ourselves today in a period of well below average interest rates. And the level of interest rates has an effect on the returns of all asset classes, not just bonds. Bonds certainly uh, provide a return that's uh, geared towards where interest rates are, but so do stocks in the sense that uh, equities, uh, as well as theoretically all asset classes, are priced off of the risk-free interest rate plus a risk premium. So it would follow from that that over the next few years, or at least during this period of time when we're at below average interest rates, it's, it's entirely possible that the returns from equities as well may be below average. So we uh, have modeled uh, sequences of returns that show that even though the historical returns may bear out over a 30-year period, what happens if you have the bad luck uh, to start out at a time like this, and let's say that you experience below average returns during the initial phases of the financial plan, and then you catch up later. And we've studied whether that makes a difference compared to whether you achieve the long-term average over the whole financial plan, or if indeed you get lucky and achieve above average returns uh, in the early stages. So you've, you've, grouped, you've grouped series of lower returns and series of higher returns that happen in, in different phases then? Yes, we've, uh, we've, we've created simulations that penalize the long-term return in the early years and then add to it in later years and then do, do the reverse. So call it below average, average, and above average. And then and you can it, all adds up, it all adds up to the long-term average, however. It all adds yeah. up to the long-term average because over a 30-year run, we remain highly confident that the long-term average will bear out. And uh, it does have an effect on the probabilities of success, the probabilities of a financial plan being successful in the case where you start out lower. How uh, so? Well, uh, because you are, sp you are drawing down money uh, each and every year. If you are spending at the rate of, I'll use 4%, and if in the first year the blended returns from your investments are only 2%, then you must sell 2% of your, of your base. You must draw down 2% of your principal. And of course, in the years where you earn higher return, you still would only spend the four, uh, and you would have a cushion in those years. But since we're worried about a scenario where the returns are lower at the beginning, then we're looking at what is the possible impact 
if you are drawing down that money at a time when returns are below average. And uh, it turns out from our studies that you should allow an additional margin of safety to protect against that possibility. So if it's not the four, it sounds as though there's no hard and fast rule for this. It sounds like you've got a number of methods in place whereby you can ensure the client ends up in the right place. But then let's bring it back to the the four and a half percent rule. How would you alter that? Um, What's the right number then, if any? You would want to haircut or reduce whatever base return you come up with by about a half of 1% to be safer, to bring the probability of success back up to what it would be if you were earning the average return over the whole time horizon. So if you would be four and a half, you should probably make it four. If you were going to be four, you should probably make it three and a half. So we're saying there should be a a safety uh, penalty, if you will, of about a half percent on the spending rate based on the bad luck scenario with lower than average interest rates today. Well, this has been very helpful. So rethinking, if you will, the Rethinking Retirement Rules article from Barron's. Thank you. This is, uh, we've been speaking with Fred Sloan, President and Chief Executive Officer of FCE Group in Lake Success, New York. Thank you, Fred. Thank you.